Well, hello, and welcome to Passion Community Church Online. I'm Mark Tapscott, your online campus pastor, and I'm glad that you're joining us today. Now, I hope everyone had a nice Valentine's Day last week, and if you're one of those that forgot about that day and ended up in the doghouse, well, I hope you've recovered and you've asked for forgiveness. You know, Valentine's Day is a day when we let those that we love know it, but shouldn't we do that every day? Now, I'm glad that we are here to learn about a God who loves us every day. And we get to show him how much we love him today as we sing and pray and learn together. So before we get started, let me share a few things that will help you get the most out of your time with us. Now, the first thing is, we would love to be able to communicate with you. And the way we do that is in the chat. Now, you might be wondering, where is the chat? Well, if you look at the top of your screen, you should see a button that says sign up. Now, if you already created an account, it'll say sign in. So when you sign up, you get to create an account with a screen name so that the others in the chat know who you are. And then when you sign in, you'll be able to see the chat box where we post information for you. You can correspond with us, you can ask questions, or just say hi to the others in the service with you. Now, you also see our amazing chat host. They have a special label next to their name so you know who they are. You can have a private chat with a host at any time simply by clicking the prayer button. This opens up a new window for you and the host to have a chat without taking you away from the service. Another way to let us know that you're here is by submitting a Connect card. You can do that on our website, or if you've signed in, you can just click on the link in the chat. Now, Connect cards are a great way to let us know that you're ready for more information or to get connected. It only takes a minute to fill one out, so go ahead and fill one out before we get started. Also, when you sign in, you'll be able to see the web links that the host put in the chat that make it easy to navigate to the information that we're talking about. And don't forget to join our Facebook group while you're here. Uh, each campus has their own Facebook group where we connect during the week and do life together. If the online campus is your home, we would love to have you join our group. Just search Passion Community Church Online Campus on Facebook. So go ahead and sign in, and I can't wait to see your name in the chat. We just want you to enjoy our service, and we want to let you know that we're here to help you in any way that we can. Now, we're in our fourth week of our series called All In, and we've learned about what uh, makes a good marriage great. We've learned how to be a better parent by identifying what stage we're currently in, and we've learned how to manage our time more effectively. Now, if you missed any of those services, you can visit our website and catch up on our prior services. And today, we get to hear from Brian Pope, who will give us great insights into another area of our lives where we need to go all in. And it looks like we're getting ready to start, so let's head on over, and I'll see you in the chat. Which is why we do this, but we're also going to worship together. So go ahead and stand up. Let's count down from eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Y'all came ready to sing. We're gonna praise this morning. Come on. I praise in the valley, praise on the mountain. I praise when I'm sure, praise when I'm doubting. I praise when I'm numbered, praise when
to praise God today. We're going to sing about some of them. Let's go. Come on. Praise cause you're sovereign. Praise cause you reign. Praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. Now praise cause you're faithful. Praise cause you're true. Praise cause there's nobody greater than you. Come, Come along. Praise cause you're sovereign. Praise cause you reign. Praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I praise cause you're faithful. Praise cause you're true. talked about why we praise God, all the things he's doing, but now we're going to talk about who he is. So we invite you to keep singing with us. Remember those walls that we call sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. So those giants are dead now. Faithfulness Never once Did he fail 
Jesus who pulled me out of that pit he did he did it who paid for all of our sin nobody but Jesus who rescued me from that grave Yahweh Yahweh who gets the glory and praise nobody but Jesus who rescued me from that grave breaking down prison walls, breaking down mountains, moving for us. We sing that because we know that he has done it, but that doesn't mean that he's done. We can sing knowing that he's moving all around us, that he's gone before us, that he stands beside us. We're going to sing that together now. We invite you all to join us. Just one word, you come a storm that's surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes are open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that he can move. We believe it. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. Just one word. You hear what's broken inside. Just one word. And you revive it. Just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes are open to see.
the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Well, I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like facing, we can be confident that there truly is nothing that our God can't do. You can go ahead and have a seat. Hey, welcome to PCC. I'm Ellis Hobson, and I'm really glad that you're here. If you're joining us here for the first time, a special welcome to you, and we want to make sure we do anything we can to make you feel welcome. So if there's anything we can do to improve your experience today, then let me know or let anybody with a name tag know as well. And when you're ready to get more connected, please submit a Connect card. You can do that by scanning the QR code on the back of a chair near you, or you can stop by the Information Center after the service to fill out a paper copy. Now, there's a lot happening at our church right now, and if I tried to list everything, we'd be here for the rest of the hour. And I don't want to do that to you, and you don't want to hear me try. So the easier way to do this, go to our website, go to our socials, make sure you don't miss anything that's going on. If you're a woman, a man, a teenager, or a parent of a teenager, which should cover basically everybody here, right? Then listen up, because there's something for you coming up soon. The For You Women's Gathering and the Men's Huddle are coming up. Go to the website for details on those. And all of our middle and high schoolers are invited to the Midlothian, to the Midlothian campus tonight at 5 p.m. for a service that we call Rise. And tonight, we're going to have a special, a special guest speaker with a message just for our students so you won't want to miss that. Now, if you've been around for a while, then you may have noticed that our rooms are filling up. This service specifically is filling up, and every campus is growing right now, and we're so grateful that you're trusting us with an hour of your week. Some campuses are filling up here in the big room. Some are filling up in the kids' spaces or in the parking lot. 
Some campuses, are, uh, some campuses are setting new records for Sunday attendance outside of a holiday like Easter, which, by the way, we'll start talking about here very soon because we're going to do everything we can to reach every person we can on Easter. Seasons like this, they're a lot of fun. The energy is contagious, and there's excitement in the air. And it's important to celebrate, to celebrate how God is at work in and through our church and how you and we are faithfully following his lead. So let's pause right now and remember that God gets all the credit for the work that he is doing in his church. Let's celebrate that he chooses to include us in his plans. We get to be a part of what he's doing. And let's celebrate that our church is full of both of people who aren't sure about God yet and people who are confident about God, even to the point of trusting him with their financial contributions. If that's you, then thank you. Thank you for stepping out in faith and contributing to the growth that's happening right here. Men and women and teenagers and kids, they're all coming to church. They're coming to God, to faith. What a joy it is to be a part of that. You can join us by giving today. You can do that safely and securely on our website or drop your donation in one of the black boxes located here in the room or out in the atrium. And if you're watching online, you can just click the link in the chat. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for today. We're grateful for this time and this space to put everything else that's going on to one side and to just focus on you and be in your presence, God. God, thank you for how you continue to move in and through our church. We're just excited and thankful to be able to be a witness to it. And we're in awe that you would include us and um, allow us to come alongside you and be a small part of it, God. As we give today, I pray that you would bless our gifts and continue to use them for your purpose, God. We thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, look, it's a little chilly out there. It's, it's, we're in the dead of winter. We're like getting towards the beginning of spring. But some of us are already making plans for warm and sunny spring and summer days. And those plans can bring lots of excitement and joy. They might just evoke a reaction like this one. Check this out. Here, open it up. No, it's you. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. You like them? Yeah. yeah. For the summer, right? Yeah, well, actually for now. Why do you think they have Mickey Mouse on them? We're going to Disney World! We're going to Disney oh World! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> We don't have to guess how she feels, right? 
Man, she was excited. Talk about being all in. Her brother, on the other hand, I love his reaction. Excited, but not quite sure what's going on. Not understanding the full impact of the announcement. I think this is one of the best marketing plans ever created. These videos, you can find them everywhere. And guess what? They don't cost Disney a single dollar. But you can get a, a custom-made message now from Mickey Mouse himself, including an epic video reel of the excitement to come from roller coasters to dinner with princesses. Uh, I have yet to see a video like that yet where the kids just stare off into space and start crying because they have to go to Disney. Nobody, nobody does it. Now, in every picture, you see kids who are so excited, parents enamored with the magical characters come to life, the excitement and fantasy of the world that seems perfect, at least to visit. But what we don't see is the grueling hours of hard work and money and planning behind the scenes for those hardworking folks to say the words, we're going to Disney. Whether you're a fan of Disney or not, over 58 million people will visit a Disney park this year. That's 58 million. And oftentimes people take years to plan the perfect vacation, hoping to experience just a little mouse magic. But no one I know is more obsessed than my best friend, Alex. Alex and I spent years working together before I was a pastor as business partners. And at the start of every year, he would lay out his multiple trips that he had planned to Disney World every year. You heard me right, multiple trips. The guy actually went to Disney World for Thanksgiving one time. <laughs> Alex did and he does, still does, delights in the extreme details of his trips. He loves sharing them with anybody who will listen along with about a million facts about Disney, like the extensive history of the parks, useless facts about trash cans, even contracts for characters that they have to sign to ensure that they remain in their roles the entirety of their shift. Alex and his family have achieved kind of a Disney royalty status, if you will. For 23 years, Alex has not missed a year at Disney. When he arrives now, I imagine like the security staff like whisk him in there and they like surround him and they take him off to a private breakfast with Mickey Mouse himself. And uh, I see secret doors like opening between the woodwork and the bookshelves of places where his family can kind of duck in and skip the line on the way to Space Mountain. I've heard about those amazing trips for so many years now. He even calls me now to tell me about them to state the obvious when it comes to Disney, Alex is all in. He deploys every tool available to him to make sure the experience he expects is what he gets. And his planning is meticulous, his network unrivaled and his access unprecedented. He's so committed that he took a job that would move him to Orlando, Florida. He lives 10 minutes away from the front gate of his favorite place. But a trip like that takes discipline and sacrifice as well, right? Have you ever scoped out a trip to Disney? Anybody? The bill's not for that. Yeah, I heard it. Yep, down here, because they, they've been there. <clears throat> Through the years, here's the secret, the real secret. Alex really isn't committed to being a Disney super fan. I know it looks that way. His real commitment is to his family's experience because he's a great dad and he's a great husband and a great friend. But what does my friend's obsession with Disney have to do with church or even the series that we're in right now called All In? 
Let me answer that. The cornerstone of Alex's family trips is this, a healthy financial life. Because he knows what is true for all of us. In order to do the things you want to do for yourself and your family, you have to be committed to financial health in all aspects of your life. In the first week of our series, we were introduced to a quote from Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church, and this is what he says. He says, you become what you're committed to. And during this series, we have learned that for life change to happen, for us to have a focused long-term commitment in key parts of our life, that we have to be focused and committed, not just for a little bit, but to becoming healthy in our relationships and in our marriage healthy with our families and our kids and taking care of ourselves physically and spiritually, which includes mastering how we spend our time. And today we're gonna explore a key part of our spiritual lives that we kind of often dismiss thinking it's not a spiritual matter, responsible finances. So much of our lives are tied up managing money that if left unchecked, the energy that really needs to be focused in other areas gets pulled away from those important areas of our lives. To say it another way, when we're committed to a healthy financial life, every other area of our life benefits. And like every other area we've talked about during this series and commitment, living financially healthy life requires a plan and practical tools to accomplish our goal. But the tools that we need go beyond uh, financial planning sessions with somebody or well-balanced spreadsheets. Those things are important. It comes directly from the best and oldest teaching on the subject, the Bible. There are roughly 2,350 verses in the Bible concerning money. And there's a lot to say about money and our relationship with it because it's complicated. God knew it could be challenging. So where do we start? Where should we begin so that you and I can be fully committed to healthy finances? I think we should start with the words of Jesus when he said this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now, I've taught on this text before. Jesus is talking about considering the cost of a disciplined life. But there's a universal truth in this scripture right here. Before we start anything in our lives, before we make a commitment to anything, we need to think through the possibilities Consider the adjustments that might happen, even the sacrifices that may have to be made. Now, don't do this because we don't ask you to raise your hands around here. But if I asked you to raise your hands, if your finances could be better, I think we'd get some hands in the crowd. I think most everyone would say, even if they're doing well, that it could be better. Uh, there are a lot of folks I've met, a few folks here who are living financially healthy lives. And if I have one of them here right now, I think they would tell you the same thing. You always have to keep a weathered eye out for improvements and adjustments as needed. So let's all agree that we're kind of in the camp of our finances could be better regardless of where we are right now. When Jesus makes the statement about counting the cost before you start something, He's really kind of saying you have to think through what the commitment looks like because in a few verses, he, he, comes and he comes back and he says these words. He says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Now, that sounds really tough. It really does. But as a follower of Jesus, that's what it means. Everything that I have, everything that I am is surrendered to God. That includes my finances. In the book of the Bible, we call Psalms, it's expressed this way. The earth is the Lord's 
and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So let me take a moment to make a clear distinction here. What I just shared, these statements, these scriptures from the Bible, including giving God everything I own, my money, my life, my home, everything. As a follower of Jesus, I've arrived there and it's been a process. It wasn't like an instant decision where I just decided to do it overnight. It took work. I led a number of businesses at different levels most of my adult life before answering the calling to become a pastor. And I worked long hours and I made sacrifices that I knew would benefit me and my family. To be totally transparent though, for a long time, I did not live in total surrender to God, especially when it came to my finances. You might be here today. This might be your first time somebody invited you uh, you're exploring the idea of what it means to follow God, to trust your whole life to him. And I understand that because I had the same experience. So I wanna put your mind at ease before you head for the door, okay? We're not leading to some big moment where I ask you to give money and surrender to God. We're not doing that, okay? To the contrary, today is about helping you in your finances because God wants something for you in this process. So stay with me, regardless of where you are in your journey. And the tools that we will consider today will help you not just improve your financial life, but the entirety of your life. There is one thing to say for us Jesus followers in the room here. We're not gonna talk a lot about generosity today, but it is part of our equation when we follow Jesus. Giving to the church and towards the greater good of the world is a requirement that I have arrived at as a follower of Jesus. Therefore, when we lean in as Jesus followers, uh, we grab a hold of God's ownership of everything. We are subject to his leading and how we spend our money and what he provides for us. With those two things said, no matter where you're coming from, we can all agree that a strategic approach to finances is necessary and helpful. So let's shift gears here for a minute and think about how we can gain some ground in our financial health. And to do that, I wanna give you three key tools today that will help us get our finances straight and manage our money effectively. The first one is this, simple, but it's true. Don't spend more than you make. Don't spend more than you make, okay? When Jesus says, consider the cost, he's really saying, how much money do you got coming in and how much is gonna go out? That's the cost. A study came out at the beginning of this year. It's not an old study. This year, 2024, reporting that 61% of American households have credit card balances of $7,000 or more. And, and most of them, a large portion of them are over $10,000. Add to that debt, a 20% interest rate on most credit cards today. Meaning that there's a possibility that those who struggle with debt are adding thousands in fees every year in interest and getting nothing in return but heartburn. See, our economy has made it possible for your credit rating, my credit rating, to bring us buying power. But left unchecked, we can create havoc in our long-term health financially. And in the age of Amazon and everything being very quick, it would be easy to kind of dismiss uh, households as having high credit card debt because of shopping sprees and entertainment and vacation and meals, uh, and meals out, things like that. I think that's part of it. Um, maybe it's a, you know, possible Starbucks addiction or a coffee addiction. Maybe that's just me. Shout out to Rise and Grind. Love you guys. Okay. 
Almost 70% of the people, though, asked in that survey <clears throat> cited emergency situations and car repairs and medical bills and home repairs and day-to-day -day expenses like fuel for their cars and electric bills and groceries as why they had compiled credit card debt. For years, I was in that camp. I carried those balances too. It seemed like an effective tool, right? I could use my credit to supplement my income and not only make sure what we, we had what we needed, but that we could get some of the things that we wanted, kind of delay the sacrifice into a monthly payment that I could manage. But those moments of emergency came, the unexpected bills. And before I knew it, I was only able to pay the minimum now today, we, uh, we get a text that says your bill is due or we get an email, but back in my day, they came in the mail and you'd go open that box and you'd see the envelope sitting there and you'd be like, I don't wanna open that. <laughs> and you would open, I would open it up and I would see that the balance had only gone down a few bucks, even though I paid hundreds of dollars in payments that month. And see, the, the secret is there's a second page to that. When you flip it over, it tells you the rate of interest that you're paying and how long you got to pay it off uh, before it's paid in full. FYI, when I looked at that bill, it was like over 20 years for me to pay that debt off if I just paid the minimum payment. And that's if I didn't add any charges, which was highly unlikely. Michelle and I, my wife and I had not made a plan. We had not, like Jesus said, considered the cost of anything. We had just kind of been plugging along, kind of spending and living our lives. And we didn't have an extravagant lifestyle. We didn't have crazy vacations or nice cars or anything. It was just this slow creep of our debt that happened. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Give it up. Brian Hillis, guys, our stage manager. Thank you so much. Almost 13 years ago, we signed up in that moment for Financial Peace University a system that Dave Ramsey authored. And early on in the classes right here at PCC, Dave Ramsey taught us the zero-sum budget, starting with our income at the top. And it doesn't matter how your income comes in, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or even if it's commission, then we're gonna balance to make sure every dollar is accounted for. So I wanted to give you just a simple example of that today. So this is our income page. And again, this is very basic, but this is kind of how it started for Michelle and I. We listed our paychecks, which is this was paycheck one, $2,500. Paycheck two was $1,900. We used to call it something else back then, but now it's called side hustle, right? That's like, you know, you make doilies for Etsy or whatever the thing is, right? <laughs> but you, you kind of add that up and you get a total income here. For us, was $5,000. And then what we wanted to do is we want to plan our expenses every single dollar so that it's zero. The goal here is you just want to make sure you're listing out all your income, wherever it's coming from, right? Wherever it's coming from. Now that we have our income, now we're going to talk about what our expenses look like. And for Michelle and I, being part of PCC back then, giving was at the top of our list. And then there's food, 650 bucks, right? Who's going grocery shopping lately? This doesn't get you very far anymore in a month. 650 bucks, 1250 for housing. That was rent or our mortgage when we had our first mortgage. Utilities, again, not that cheap anymore. Transportation, this was gas for our cars and of course insurance and all the things that we had to have. Medical insurance, car insurance, all the insurance, homeowners, all that good stuff. 
right? From here up, these are the things that we call like fixed costs. These are things that we know we have to pay every month. These are the things that we know we have to pay the bills for. It's when we get down here that we start to get off, get off of our list a little bit. Down here, debt. This was car payment. This was credit card payment. Anything extra that we had for us, that was like a thousand bucks a month, okay? And so at the end, when we planned all that out, we were like, oh man, we got 250 bucks. We are rich. <laughs> we are rich. Do you know what we're gonna be able to do with 250 bucks? Well, we never really planned it. But when we put it down on paper, we started to look at this because fun money used to be going out to lunch or hitting the Chick-fil-A on the way home or going to the movies or whatever, which this is like a movie trip now if you go to the movies now. Um, and then we had this miscellaneous line, which we were like, hey, we're gonna be super responsible. We're gonna put $100 in case something happens, right? So for us, this part down here was the hard part to manage as far as looking at this budget. And here's the thing. We would get to the end of our month and we would charge what our delta was, our unexpected emergency, or if we overspent, if the budget came in at $5,500, well, there's a credit card there. In the beginning of our process, our bills outweighed the income. In other words, even in our fixed cost, we were upside down a little bit. And this was a painful process. I remember Michelle coming to me in tears, saying that she couldn't manage the bills anymore. She was too stressed. We had overdrawn our checking account, nearly depleted all of our savings, our little bit of savings that we had. And we knew we had to change our approach. So we sat down together and we made a plan, which was tough because we knew that there were sacrifices to be made because we couldn't spend more than we made. For us, that included selling a car, that included cutting off any kind of cable and all of those things, like reducing our costs. But let me level with you. It's the same for all of us. In order for you to live within your means, you will likely have to make some healthy but painful choices. If you have a car payment that's pushing you over the limit, don't wait to pay it off. Sell the car, drive something lesser so that the fullness of your life will be greater in the future. Eat out less, skip Chick-fil-A, pack that lunch. Be committed to it. Cancel the trip, all right? Cancel that fancy vacation, that cruise. Don't go to Disney World. Take a camping trip and a tent if you have to, okay? Do whatever you have to do, but don't outspend your income. And when you do that, when we did that, when we put our budget down on paper, as simple as it was, because she's far better at this than me, then we could start to see the space that we needed to work on, this space right down here, this debt and fund money, this area right here, we had to manage this. And this is the next thing we gotta do. You have to manage your debt. You have to manage it. Your pathway to financial freedom begins within living within your means, not spending more than you make, but then it moves to getting rid of your debt. We just talked about getting rid of a car because of the payment, and all those other things that will kind of get you in space. But here, just like on this budget, like the way it's on paper right now, there's enough for us to get through the month, but there's no margin. There's zero savings. And I gotta be honest, that's a lot like gambling. There's a proverb in the Bible that says this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. 
The borrower is slave to the lender. That debt that you have listed out there, you have to work towards it. And everything you do has to feed it until it's gone. So you're a slave to it. Back then in that uh, Financial Peace University class I wasn't alone, I had some good friends in that class with me and they kind of grabbed hold of a lot of ideas that were brought up there. One of them was that you should sell everything of value that you have. Dave Ramsey says it like this, sell everything, sell so much that the kids think they're next, okay? <laughs> and then use those proceeds to put them directly to your debt. And what you do is you start with the smallest debt and payment being paid off first and then using that payment to compound onto the next highest debt and so on and so forth. It's called the snowball effect. It's like eliminating the small debts and then using the money that you used in payments there that you just paid to kind of throw more, more money at the next debt and the next, repeating it until you're debt free. Again, we put those things into practice, but we also considered some adjustments to our lifestyles in our work. And like reducing our spending, you have to consider some hard choices here. If your debt is starting to tower over your life, if you feel like a slave to it, then maybe you need to find some additional work, maybe a part-time job. For us, the side hustle used to be all kinds of things, from landscaping to babysitting, it didn't matter. And like our friends in the class, we looked around at our possessions and we sold everything that we could sell. We had yard sales that reduced the clutter, it was great. Michelle took on additional assignments that often had her traveling for work or working overtime hours. And to be honest, it was hard. We were grumpy. Well, I was grumpy <laughs> most of the time. Michelle's always sweet. So the next time you see her, make sure you tell her that because I need brownie points sometimes, okay? But in every case, we made the plan, we referred to the plan and we followed it. You'll be surprised what happens when you put it down on paper. Once you see the facts in front of you, what you're capable of. And you can do it. You can be financially healthy if you're committed to it because we become what we're committed to. Reducing your debt doesn't just reduce the things that you owe on. It reduces the finance charges that you have to pay as well. It doesn't just cover the things that you buy, but the privilege you have to finance it. So let me be clear here. One of the things Dave Ramsey says is don't have a credit card. I don't follow that rule. I have a credit card. It's for online purchases and it helps me when I'm traveling to not carry cash. But the balance is planned for and paid off every month. I don't carry it over to the next month. And it's not because I'm a great financial planner it's because I've weighed the cost of continuing to spend the way that I had in the past and how it could affect my future. And the future Michelle and I wanted, the future I think God wants for all of us is the one where we don't worry about getting through the month, a future where we can start realizing our plans and even a few of our dreams. So after the hard work of budgeting and getting things down on paper and you start to shed your debt slowly, we eventually, Michelle and I found ourselves with a little more money at the end of the month than we had planned for. There were dollars to figure out how to budget for. And because of that, we had to do something with them because we wanna make sure we have a plan for that zero sum budget. So the last thing that we did was we started to save for our future. 
And for us, it started with something that we learned in the FPU, which is an emergency fund. You wanted to gain $1,000 for unexpected costs so that you didn't have to rely on a credit card. But I promise you at the beginning, it wasn't $1,000. That first month, it might've been 50 bucks. It might've been lower than that. But we started somewhere and there was this steady little bit of money every month that we started to build. And piece by piece, we built our emergency fund. And it was a sense of accomplishment. And then we had a savings account and we started to put a little money in that. And then we said, well, we don't wanna have a car payment. We don't have car payments. So but we're gonna save money in case we have to fix the car. So we had a car savings budget and then a home repair savings account. And then we made one for each of our kids so that they could see that it was important to start saving for their future too. It wasn't overnight, but we were diligent. In most cases, Michelle more than me, but as a team, we worked together and we would never have arrived at that place had we not considered the cost, decided together to make the hard but right choices. It started with a plan for our future to save for what God might want us to do next. The Bible has something to say about this too. In another proverb of the Bible, it says this, go to the ant, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. When we had the means to start storing our provisions, it changed our trajectory and it can change yours. Sometimes we would take a little bit of outside work or we would sell something and there would be a little extra money. And my old self would get a little bit excited at having a little extra money to do something fun with, but my more responsible, more educated self, remember what it was like to be always worried about the next month. If God had blessed us with money, then he wanted us to steward it well. Stewarding is a word that we don't use much. Let me explain it. It really means taking what God has given you, the resources that God has blessed you with, and, it, and, and taking good care of it, spending it well. If you find yourself in your plan in the months to come, in the years to come, in a little bit better spot than you were, then remember to think about your future and how you save for it. <coughs> think about your legacy in the time ahead of you and your family or even your family's family in the future. And God gets all the glory for what I'm about to say. I can say this being totally transparent. My last holdout was my money. It was what I kept from God for a long time. And yet, and yet, in his infinite wisdom and patience with me, he put a process in front of me and introduced me to these tools. But it was 100% up to me to use them and embrace what he had for me and for my wife and my family and for our community. And I'm not telling you this because I'm a financial genius. I'm telling you this because God is so loving that he doesn't want anyone to live in servitude to their debt, to struggle just to get by. I said I had three things for you today, but I think I can sum it up with this. Good stewardship, managing what God has given us in a way that honors him equals contentment. Our journey 
included me quitting my corporate job to come here and serve God at this church. It was one of the easiest financial decisions I've ever made. In this process of getting our life and financial balance, we leaned into the understanding that everything belongs to God and our responsibility to, was to honor what he had blessed us with by not wasting it and not counting the cost. And through it, we learned contentment, peace in all situations. One night, uh, Michelle and I, as I started working for the church, we would often, and we still do, uh, visit with people. We run into people. We were having dinner with a couple who was uh, new to the area, and we were sharing our story. And they asked me about what I did before I was a pastor. I told them I'd only been a pastor for a couple years. And um, I told them I had this major career change. And, and I remember the, this, uh, the wife leaning up and saying, how can you afford to make ends meet? Aren't there tough months? Aren't there times when it's, you struggle? And as I started to speak, my wife put her hand on my arm and leaned forward and responded, we live better now than we ever did. It was true then and it's true today. In our contentment as a family, we focus on what we need and not always what we want. Although sometimes we do get what we want. When a month is tight, because there's an unexpected cost, we rely on our planning and most importantly on what God has provided for us, exactly what we need when we need it. When there's a little extra, we celebrate and we use it responsibly because we believe that God will give us exactly what we need even if it's challenging. In the first book of the Bible, we're introduced to a word that we don't use a lot you can find it in the King James translation of the Bible. The word is gyra, gyra. It means to provide. And in the story in the book of Genesis, Abraham is in a desperate situation and he's looking for a miracle, a provision, something that only God can give him. And when the situation seems desperate and impossible, what Abraham needed was right there. And in that moment, Abraham says, the Lord has provided Jehovah Jireh. The word Jireh actually has three meanings in Hebrew. To provide, to perceive, and to experience. So God is not only the one who provides for our needs, he is the one who sees our situation. He experiences what we're experiencing so that he can give us exactly what we need. Maybe your money is your last holdout like it was for me. Maybe you've given control of a little bit of your financial life, but you haven't gone all in yet over to God. Or maybe you haven't decided yet that God owns everything, including your money. That's okay. You're still trying to find out what it means to you. But I wanna ask you to consider, all of us to consider that the God who sees us, the God who experiences what you're going through can and will provide what you need. Not just in a season, not just in a moment, but forever.
He wants you to find your contentment in every situation. Because working towards healthy finances will be filled with challenge and triumph, but the God, but with God you can live in contentment, his direction and support. We're gonna sing a song that we've never sung here on a Sunday, it's called Jaira. The words go like this to the chorus. You are Jaira, you're enough. Jaira, you're enough. And I will be content in every circumstance because you are Jaira and you are enough. So I would ask you wherever you are right now to stand with me right now. I don't care where you are, even if you're at home right now online and consider these words, sing them with us, trusting that God will be enough. You are Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance. You are Jaira, you are enough. You are Jaira. So there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind. an ocean so I wouldn't drown you've never been closer than you are right now Jaira you are enough Jaira you are enough and I will be content in every circumstance you are Jaira you are enough forever enough always enough more than enough forever enough always enough more than enough I don't want to forget so clear what it's all about stay by my side when the sun goes down don't want to forget how i feel right now Jaira, 
God provides. He is enough. It's easy to lose sight of that sometimes, isn't it? But it's true. We can take hold of that truth by following the teaching today. So let's do the hard work and follow the rules. Don't spend more than you make, manage your debt, and save for the future. Then we can enjoy the contentment that comes from living out the truth that God provides and is enough. Now, if you'd like more resources to help you with this topic, then we have some recommendations. You can click on the link in the chat and check those out and let us know how we can help. You can reach me at mark.tapscott at pccwired.net. And come back next week for more about how you can live all in. We'll see you then.